Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Today, I am talking about a topic that relates to each and every person under the sound of my voice, myself included. So last month, I received more questions about money and finances than any other topic for the podcast and just for me to teach in general. That came as a bit of a surprise, actually. Um, I'm not a financial advisor, nor do I claim to be a financial expert. Um, This is an area, however, in which I'm really currently growing and learning so much and starting to see real fruit being produced. So what I do have, although I'm not a financial expert, is a wealth, no pun intended, of experiences and lessons that I know have proven to be true in my life. And each of these contribute to my business, to my life, and to my joy, making it quite fitting for the Business Life Enjoy podcast. So today I want to share with you a few money mindsets or practices that will help you to build a foundation for joyful living and a better business. In fact, it's gonna be six money mindsets or practices total. So here's the thing about money. We all need it and we all want it, period. But what I love about my audience is that money is not our driving motivator. Rather, money is simply a tool that allows us to do good for ourselves and for others. It's that simple. So today, like I said, I'm going to share with you six things that I believe everyone should be doing with their money to contribute to their business, their life, and their joy. So today's episode is a fantastic episode to share and share far and wide. In fact, feel free to pause right now and go on and send this to your friends who you know, well, actually to your friends. I can stop there because this episode is in fact one that any and everyone can benefit from. And then after you've shared it, let's get started with the very first money practice, okay? Okay, so number one should come to no surprise for those of you who follow me on social media, particularly on Instagram where I share my day every day pretty much on IG stories. And you can find me on Instagram at at Shante Grant. So the first thing that I want you to do as it relates to money is to become debt averse. Now, hold on, don't turn me off, don't tune me out. Because out of everything that I'm going to mention today, this one thing I have found is tied to the most freedom in your life. I have no problem being countercultural. And for me, this has been one of the best mindset shifts I have made in my life ever. But here is what I have learned. 
So many of the people that I know who are currently spending their days doing work that does not excite them and that they do not want to do, the majority of those people are still there doing what they're doing because they need that work to pay off some form of debt. Living a life free of debt gives you the ability to make decisions more freely without fear and with your life vision in mind and that being the forefront, being at the forefront and being that ruling and leading thing and guiding thing in your life. Additionally, when you don't owe anyone in the whole wide world any single form of payment, the pressure to make money doesn't drive you as much. And I'll explain what I mean in a second by that. And two, you realize that you really don't need much. So let's talk about that first thing I mentioned. Let's talk about the pressure as a business owner. Now, the business owner who is working to pay off debt while also simultaneously growing their business, whether you understand it or not, and whether you believe it or not, you do business differently than the person who is growing a business but can survive and live if they make zero dollars this month. Your motivation comes from a different place when you're not hurrying or rushing to make a sale because you need that money immediately. Now, don't get me wrong. We all have bills, right? We have to pay for food, for shelter, for clothing, for our children's needs, and many other things, I'm sure. So I'm not saying that we never need money or we don't need money ever. But that leads me to my second point, which is when you don't owe anyone anything, you don't need as much. Sure, making more money can be great, but the majority of that will be surplus. And that's really great, right? You then have money to save, money to invest, and money to spend. But when we learn that we don't need as much, we learn to enjoy life in the less. Not less as living in a meager life, but less in realizing that if you want to do work that you absolutely love, and that means taking a pay cut, but you get to wake up thrilled each and every day about the impact and the work that you get to do, that's worth the pay cut time and time again, hands down, no questions asked. And eventually, because you're doing work that you love and excites you, you're most likely going to increase your income. But the point is this, owing no one creates freedom, meaning not having debts creates freedom. Freedom in your life allows you to enjoy a peace and a joy because you are in control of your decisions as opposed to your obligations to pay off debt being in control of your life and decisions. Now for me, the process of paying off debts has lifted a burden that I didn't even realize was so heavily set upon me. It has allowed me to do things in my business like create a podcast, which takes money, time, and energy at the very least, but I can do this podcast. I can do it without this feeling, this need to sell, 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 which allows me to do what I love. And that is to teach and to share my experience and my knowledge that I know has helped me and I know is helping others. And I can do that without the pressure of thinking, oh my gosh, I got to sell. I need something to sell. Oh my gosh, I have to sell. I have to sell. What am I going to sell? How am I going to monetize this podcast? Oh my gosh, sell, sell, sell. I don't have to feel that rush like I need to sell something quickly. 
And that creates a freedom to allow you to lay a foundation in your business so that when you do create offers, it's based on meeting the needs of others and not the needs of your own self. Does that make sense? That my work can be based on meeting the needs of others and not my own. And when you do that, your needs will be taken care of. That's the beautiful thing about it. Now, another benefit to becoming debt averse is that it teaches us to be content where we are with what we have. There's something that everyone cannot afford, right? The millionaire can't afford something. So when we learn that if we don't have it, we can't have it, we learn to appreciate what we do have. Someone right now is dreaming to have one-tenth of what you currently have. So contentment has been another beautiful side effect of becoming debt averse. And there are things that I would love to own. I'd love to possess and I'd love to do, but none of them. I can't think of one single thing that I want to do, own, or possess that is more important or more valuable as the peace that you have when you owe no one. So I sit, I budget, I wait, or I move on. Those are my options. And in that process, I am content with what I have. So the benefits of becoming debt averse, meaning, you know, being completely opposed to debt, to getting into debt, to owe someone something in exchange for some item, being debt averse creates these great benefits such as freedom, flexibility, contentment, peace, joy, and I could really go on and on. And that's a lot of the reason why so many of you entered into entrepreneurship for those words I just mentioned, freedom, flexibility, contentment, peace, joy, you know, and I've truly enjoyed this process. And I really just can't stress enough how much of a game and life changer it is when you make that mind shift, mindset shift. There we go. Say that three times fast because it's very countercultural. Um, but we all can make the choice to look at debt for what it is, obligating ourselves to someone else in exchange for a thing, most of which we do not need to live. For me, there's nothing that's worth that cost. So if you want to live your life from today forward with a mindset that debt is not an option, I want to suggest that you surround yourself with people and things that support that because we easily become the things and the people we surround ourselves with. Now, for me, that means listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast daily, listening to the debt-free screams where people are paying off their homes every single day. It reminds me that it's possible and really it's possible for almost anyone to have a plan and work toward it against all odds and adversity along the way. I'm going to link to the Dave Ramsey podcast in the notes associated with today's episode. And so whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you are, you'll be able to get that link. And if you can go to that link, if you want to learn more about the Dave Ramsey podcast and his debt-free screams, and you can also watch the debt-free screams um, on YouTube. And I watch those pretty frequently as well because they're just very encouraging and motivating. And you will hear people from all walks of life who have struggled and fought debt while battling cancer, loss of loved ones, spouses being gone, and then the the other spouse completes the debt-free scream on their behalf. I mean, 
you hear it all and it gives you the no excuses mentality. You hear people who make $25,000 a year to half a million dollars a year, but at every level it's possible when you make a plan. And that's going to lead me into my second point, which is to track your money. Now, some of you may be saying, okay, yeah, that sounds all good and dandy, Shantae. Sure, let's say we're going to be debt free, but how do I get myself out of the hole that I'm already in? I'm so glad you asked because I think it starts with tracking your money which is also known as a budget, but I was trying not to say the B word just in case anyone out there kind of don't like the feeling of that word. So we can just call it tracking your money if the word budget makes you feel a little funny. So for the first eight years of our marriage, I created an Excel chart um, using Google Docs of every single expense that we had. I wrote down how much that expense was and how much we brought in. And then over time, I began to realize Somehow so much money was kind of evaporating without being spoken for on our list of expenses. Things like eating out and just random clothing purchases or just random purchases in general. Hello, Target, right? We weren't telling ourselves before the month began how much money every single category that we spent for would get before the month began. So just this last year, we have switched to a free app called Every Dollar. It's super easy to use. There's an app for both iPhone and Android, and you can use it on your computer, and it syncs to your account. So whether I make a change on my computer, it automatically will pull up on my app. So we love it. And what I love about it is you tell your money in all the categories where it's going to go before the month begins. Oh, what a difference it has made. We were already, you know, really keeping track in a sense of our money, but it was more so tracking what we've already done as opposed to on the front end before you even spend it, tell it, this is where you're going to go. This is how you're going to behave. And these are your limitations categories as opposed to in in contrast to spending in the categories and then just jotting down what was spent in the category, right? See the difference there? So, If you tell your money before the month begins, for example, grocery budget, only $300 here. So once these $300 are gone, no more groceries. When you do that, rather than hoping that all your grocery debit swipes equal $300 by the end of the month, you simply take out the $300 cash and then there's no need to swipe your debit card for grocery. Everyone takes cash. If a grocery store doesn't take cash, you probably don't want to be buying food from there, right? So what we have found to work is using cash for mostly all categories that aren't utilities or cell phone bills, Zoe's tuition, things like that. So any money that we would like to use for lunch, groceries, hair products, family activities, choice haircuts, additional giving, those are taken out in cash. That means the only debits on the account are the automatic payments for things like insurance, Zoe's tuition, cell phone payments, gym membership, internet, Netflix, and all of that, we know how much it's going to be before the month begins, which allows us to track our money so much easier, right? Now, of course, life happens and additional things come up and you just go in and you adjust your budget in every dollar or wherever it is you're going to do your budget. You track your money before the month begins and you tell it, this is how much is going to go in this area. It creates boundaries for you and freedom at the same time. 
all the money that's left over after you get rid of the, or not get rid of, but take care of the essentials are then paid to either your debts or add it to your savings or whatever goal it is you're currently working toward. And I will also link to the Every Dollar app that we use in the notes to today's podcast episode as well. So the second smart money practice that I want you to get in the habit of doing is tracking your money consistently every single month. And that's really gonna help those of you who are trying to dig yourself out of that debt hole. And that's also gonna be very helpful for those of you who are out of debt, but you're now trying to build and save, whether it's for a specific goal or just save for the long term or do your emergency fund, the budget is going to help you. And I can attest to doing it before the month even begins. When we made that change, it just, it made all the difference in the world for us. Which leads me to my third practice, which is to talk about it. Talking about money is so taboo in our culture. And let me say this, I'm actually going to be specific. Talking about healthy money habits is also taboo. Um, And perhaps when you even noticed and heard that today's topic was going to be about money, you may have felt a bit like, "Eh, am I going to listen to this episode? Or, "Eh," you know, you probably tensed or something changed in you, whether it was physically or mentally, when you saw the topic, chances are. And it's just because talking about money in our culture somehow it's become kind of taboo, which is so interesting because we're so easily and readily ready to flaunt, quote unquote, wealth or faux wealth and flaunt things and possessions, but not talk about money. So it's kind of a little backwards, but talking about healthy money habits shouldn't be taboo or make you feel weird or others feel awkward, right? We're not talking about going around and telling people your salary or how much you make, but we're talking about talking about, (laughs) I just realized how funny that sounds, doing what I'm doing, basically talking about healthy money habits, right? And making it a conversation that you openly have with others. And most importantly, if you have a spouse or a soon to be spouse, I really want to encourage you to talk about money together. Why? Well, because money is tied to just about everything that you do, your dreams, your goals, your needs, your wants, You and your spouse should both be aware of your monthly budget, how much money is set aside for each category, and your current goals. Like what are your money goals, which are really your marriage goals or your relationship goals or your life goals. When you can talk freely and openly about money, you can really talk about just about anything, right? So if you are learning to be wise with your money or you're already there and you're like, yes, 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 everything she's saying is resonating with me, share that with your family and your friends. I'm not saying tell them how much money, like I said, you make or how much debt you may have, but talk about healthy money habits because it needs to be done so much more in our culture. One of the reasons it took me so long to get to where I am now in my money mindset is because it's so countercultural that this message, it took a while for it to get to me, to kind of pierce my soul in a sense, to get to my ears and for me to really say, huh. That makes so much sense that I'm kind of wondering where I've been all this time, right? If you discovered something that would bring freedom and joy to the lives of your loved ones, wouldn't you share it? Wouldn't you want them to share it with you if they heard it? Absolutely, right? Now, whether your friends or your family accept or reject it, that's on them. 
but communicate it in wisdom and without condescension. And you could be a catalyst for change in their lives. You could be the person that encourages someone else. And I say this because hearing others talk about their journey to becoming debt free is what inspired me and helped me to begin to think differently and counterculturally about money and finances. And here's another thing. I have friends who have reached out to me and thanked me for sharing my journey because it's helped them to see how important becoming debt free and getting on a budget and all those things that I'm going to share with you today. They've seen the freedoms that it has afforded me in my life and in my family. And so I know it to be true that when you open up the dialogue and share what you're going through and share what you're learning and share what you're walking through and sharing these healthy money habits, it has the potential to have a great ripple effect in the lives of others. And that's partly what we're here for and what we're supposed to be doing, right? And please don't feel that you have to be debt free or perfect to talk about what you're learning or to talk about healthy money habits. If perfection or always making the perfect choice with money was a requirement to talk about money, then this podcast episode wouldn't exist. So I want to encourage you to talk about healthy money habits freely and openly. And I will make this one caveat to note, not everyone you speak to will appreciate or agree with healthy money habits. Some people are too steeped or so steeped into the cultural beliefs that you should spend more than you earn, that everyone has a car note and everyone needs to have a school loan and everyone's going to have a mortgage till the day they die. Don't spend your time pouring into a cup with a hole in the bottom, right? Save yourself from arguments and debating with people who simply choose to live their life in ignorance It can discourage you. And like I mentioned earlier, you want to surround yourself anyway with people who practice or striving to practice healthy money habits. I wouldn't try to convince my vegetarian friends how good the steak I had last night was, right? So I hope you get what I'm saying there when it comes to talking about those healthy money habits. You want to be wise in doing that, but really just make it less taboo by starting to talk about it and in your life. And if you need someone to talk about with it, you know, I'm right here. And it's a topic that I really enjoy discussing because I'm seeing and living and walking in the fruits of each and everything that we're discussing today. I am telling you, I'm talking about these things specifically because I'm living the fruit of it. And so I'm not coming up with this grand vision or this great idea. I'm telling you what I know from my personal life experience currently today, right? So this isn't just, you know, an idea. For me, it is a reality and truth that I have found to be true, much like everything else that I teach here on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Now let's get over to number four. So much like I teach that is important to know your why in business and life. And if you have not listened to episode four, where I talk about your why, please make sure that you listen to that episode after this episode, okay? So the same thing about your why in your business and your life, it goes when it comes to your money. Your daily steps are moving you towards some end goal and keeping that in mind makes the steps much more enjoyable and bearable. So number four is to have a vision and incorporate your why into your money plans and your money goals. So for instance, when you're getting out of debt or you're saving, you're doing that to reach an end goal. Keep that end goal in mind 
and keeping it in your mind, it really makes the steps a bit more bearable and even more enjoyable because you see yourself moving toward your destination. And for those of you who are encouraged by tangibles or visual reminders, post pictures of the vacation that you're working toward or make charts where you X off every, you know, $100 or $1,000 that gets you closer to what you're saving for or what you're paying off. The power of seeing your steps moving you close to a goal are so strong and so real that I encourage you to think of ways to make it fun and visible, visual, to see how the work you're doing is moving you forward and upward toward your goals. It helps to prevent you from getting stagnant or feeling as though you're so far away from your goal that the end is nowhere near in sight, right? Which brings me to this point. Some of my personal goals or our personal goals are far off, five years, 10 years in the making. So make sure you also set some goals that are closer in time as well. So short-term goals and long-term goals. And just to share with you examples, some of our financial current goals or dreams include paying off our home in five years or less. And that will allow us to need very, very little and give a very, very a lot, right? Um, to allow our children to see the world through traveling. I'd love to be able to take one full month off every summer and just travel some new place and allow our children just to see that. Um, and just for us as well, um, Another is to help our parents to retire with dignity, not only to make sure they're set up well, but that they they don't want or need for anything. We would love to be able to do that for our parents. We have amazing parents, Troy and I. Another is ensuring that we are the last people in our lineage that ever have to take on debt and to leave that legacy and teach it to our children that they can then teach it to their children and so on and so forth, on and on and on and on down the line that the debt stops here with us. And then another dream is just never having to let lack of money be an issue in our lives, which means we have savings goals and of course debt-free goals, such as paying off our home and making all our purchases for cash. Those things, those dreams, those visions, when you think about those and you keep them in the forefront of your mind, it really makes saying no to a lot of things really easy because nothing compares to those big goals and those big dreams. But one, if you haven't identified them yet, and two, if you don't know what they are and you're not keeping them at the forefront of your mind, that's how you can easily get stuck and get trapped and make these decisions that are so temporary, so short-term and so unnecessary. And so I want to stress that the fourth thing that I think you really should do is to make write out your vision, your goals, your dreams. And if you haven't done so already, I really encourage you to write them down. Write down your money goals and start there. Share them with your spouse. Share them with a friend who you can trust and who you know is also working toward their, their money goals. Someone that you can trust and, and can help to hold you accountable. The why you want to make the money decisions that you do will really help you along the way. And it's because it's going to help to get you to that place that you're trying to get to. So the fourth money habit or money practice is to incorporate your why, your vision, your dreams, your goals. Those are the motivating factors that help you to take the steps to get to them, to reach them. Now, the fifth money practice is to involve your children in money talks. Now, as I mentioned earlier, talking about money in some families is just so taboo. 
Some people grew up in homes where they are never taught about money. They're never taught about hard work or budgeting, how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook and so on, right? So parents, I encourage you to begin to talk to your child about money at whatever age they are. You just talk to them on the level where they're currently are, right? So our daughter Zoe is four. And so what we teach her right now is when she gets money, she's to do three things with them and they have an order. So it's not do these three things however you want. You do these three things in this order. You give first, you save second, and you spend last. And while she doesn't fully get the concept, we're beginning to show her the exchange when we go to the stores that when we want something, we pay cash for it. And that goes back, like I said, to the paying cash. And if we don't have the cash, we don't purchase it. We can't purchase it. So we save until we can. And we truly hope that that's going to help to break this concept in this cycle of debt and that we can all start really doing that with our children. Um, to teach them because they they really are watching. They see they're going to learn money habits from you one way or the other, whether it's watching you be wise with money or watching you not be wise with money. So go on and open that conversation up and, and take away the mystery, right? And just this could be an easy way to help your child to win. And I think we all as parents want our children to do and be better than we are and we were. And this is a really easy place to start. And for those of you with older children, I would suggest that you involve them in your debt-free journey. Make it a fun family affair. Really involve your children in whatever stage you are. Um, I think you'll be amazed at how much they pick up, especially when you can explain to them the why behind what your family is doing. And not not only that, but the contentment factor is really big with our children, right? How necessary is it to raise children in this day and age to be content? with what they have, there is enough selfishness in the world. We do not need to add one single person to that, right? So involve your children. Don't add them into the mix of the selfish, gimme, gimme, what's for me? Why didn't I get that special toy that everybody wants? Wah, wah, don't add to that, right? Talking to your children about money also begins to teach them contentment and about hard work. So I want to really encourage you to involve your children in your money talks as appropriate based on their age, teaching them the importance of work, of giving, saving, and staying away from debt. Now on to number six. So remember how I said that paying off debt is the single thing that I would mention that brings you the most freedom as it relates to money? Well, giving is the single thing that you will do with your money that will bring you the most joy. So we now have freedom and joy. Giving freely and expecting nothing in return is a reward like none other. And giving has no minimum or maximum, right? There's no price tag on that. And while giving is not always monetary, that's the type that I'm going to talk about today. So about two years ago, it was the morning before work when I was still working at the law firm. I was sitting in my car at Chick-fil-A, the drive through And when it was my turn to pull up to the window, I pulled up to pay for my breakfast, just, you know, a chicken biscuit. And I was told that the person in front of me had paid for me. Now, I had never heard of such a thing. Now I'm aware that it's like a thing, you know, that people will pay it forward and pay for you. But I had never heard of such a thing. And I was floored. Like, I remember just pausing. And then I looked at the lady and I said, 
really? Why? You know, I, I wasn't sure what, what happened, right? And the lady at Chick-fil-A, the employee handed me my food and explained to me, they just paid for your food. Um, and I drove off and I just, I couldn't even make it far. I just pulled into um, a parking lot. That person in front of me had already been long gone. Um, but I pulled into a parking spot because I was still a little shell shocked, right? I texted my friends <laughs> and I was like, let me tell you what just happened here. And then I just sat there for a second. You know, that giving of less than $5, it meant so much to me. And it clearly still sticks with me to this day. And once I finally kind of stopped basking in this person's kindness, I just, I figured out, okay, well, I have to do something. So I circled back and got back into the line at Chick-fil-A in the drive-thru, didn't order anything. So I just kind of pulled on over. And when I got to the window, I told the lady, you know, I didn't order anything, but I'd like to pay for the person behind me because it's Chick-fil-A, y'all. Anybody who lives anywhere with a Chick-fil-A, there's always somebody behind you, right? <laughs> there's always a line. Um, and it was really the only thing I could think to do, you know, that and eat my biscuit. But <laughs> I share that story because giving brings so much joy to the giver because the giver is aware of the ripple effect of giving. Someone gave to me and inspired me to give. They changed my morning from just another morning to one that I still talk about. I'm still talking about it now and it was years ago. And they did that for less than five bucks. Usually it's not tied to the amount that you give. It's the heart that comes behind it, right? The giving freely, not expecting anything in return. So giving is something that I highly encourage you to do if you're not already doing that with your money. And giving can be simple, right? Don't make it complicated. You can go to the dollar store and buy 20 toothbrushes to donate to your local homeless shelter, right? You can find an organization with a cause that is meaningful to you and donate a percentage of your profits each quarter. Tithing, if you believe in tithing. Seeing someone count pennies in the grocery store line and offering to pay for their entire grocery bill creating a scholarship at your alma mater. The opportunities with giving really are endless. You know, I once heard someone say that you can tell a person's priorities by looking at their bank account. And when I started doing every dollar with Troy again, when we started doing that, I wouldn't look at our account on every dollar because it categorizes all of your spending. And I was so happy to see that giving is our second largest expense category, right? And it only comes after the house with mortgage, utilities, internet. And I want to encourage you to take a look at the categories where you spend and see what you learn. I thought it was a really interesting practice. Where does giving fall for you? Is it one of the larger categories in your budget? Is it a category in your budget? Just a little something to think about. Because here at this podcast, we talk about joy a lot because I think it's so important. And I need to do a podcast episode where we really talk about that and why I chose joy. Because we can have joy even when life is just, right? That's the beautiful thing I like about joy. It's, it's sustaining no matter whatever the circumstances are. It's not happiness, which is, you know, temporary, fleeting and circumstantial but joy, right? And so when I'm talking about giving, I'm telling you one of the easiest ways to create joy in your life, in your business. And so that's the relevancy here. Um, 
that's how it helps you to live a life and to have a business of joy. When you give in your personal life and when you grow a business that also gives back, I'm telling you, joy is around the corner, my friends. So I plan to stop with giving, but I had to include a bonus and give you one more and then we're going to end it. So number seven, our bonus is to keep your eyes on your own paper. Just as I encourage business owners to keep their eyes focused on their own work and remember that you are your only competition and your biggest competition, the same concept goes for life. If you know that you have a tendency to look at other people's televised life and lifestyle and feel the need to compare or covet, then unfollow on social media, stop reading that blog, don't look at the website in any other form or fashion that will help you to block it out. Social media, it really can be a great way to learn about new products. I mean, clearly that's why so many of us use it for our business. And in fact, the last dress that I ordered just last week and a toy that I recently purchased for Zoe, I learned about both of those through someone's Instagram account. However, you must really set boundaries based on what is best and healthy for you in your life. You know where where you go from, you know, okay to being tempted. Draw that line and make the necessary decisions to help you. The unfollow button can save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars and probably mounds of debt, right? So when we purchased our current home, I knew that I wanted to renovate the kitchen. Like it was, I loved the house. I loved the location, but the kitchen, I had grand dreams for it, right? And I still do. It's something that's part of the future vision for us, updating the kitchen. Well, mainly I say us, but me, Troy is fine to have the kitchen as it is, but you know, happy wife, happy life, right? That's what they say. We are not, however, in the place to do that right now because our goals are not there. That is not a current prioritized goal. So if I knew that looking at a ton of bloggers with beautiful kitchens would make me whiny about our kitchen, I knew I would know that I need to unfollow them. Thankfully, I am content with what we have. I'm just grateful to have a home to live in in the first place. And I know that our current kitchen is just temporary. So I love looking at other kitchens because for me, it gives me ideas for future uh, remodeling and renovations. And it reminds me of what we have lying ahead when we, one, have saved to pay for a kitchen renovation in full, and two, when our goals that we've prioritized before that have come to pass. So I really want to encourage you to live your life and not someone else's. I want you to derive the most benefit, well, you will derive the most benefit out of living your best life and not the perception of someone else's life. The truth is, the person's life that you may be coveting and longing to be like, it may be a facade hiding mounds of loneliness, debt, and emptiness. So just do you, please. And no, this is not to say that those who portray a happy life are facades, you know, that everyone is anyway. I don't, I'm not saying that. I would just rather live my life based on my why as opposed to someone else's. And I really want to encourage you to do the same. So there you have it, my friends. Seven money mindsets or practices that I personally follow in my life And I've seen the joyous fruits of them all. So just a quick review, those seven practices and mindsets were first becoming debt averse. 
When you hear debt, when you think about debt, when they ask you if you have a card in that store, if they ask you if you want to finance, you're, it makes you so sick, you almost want to vomit, right? Debt averse, just like that, right? <laughs> Number two, tracking your money before the month, telling your money, your income, exactly what you want it to do and how much money is in each category and using cash for all categories possible. Number three, talking about healthy money habits and talking with your spouse about your finances and your dreams for your family, which gets us to four, incorporating your why and your vision, your dreams, your goals, and your journey so that you know what you're working toward. Remembering to make short and long-term goals so everything isn't so far away, right? Number five, involve your children, teach them healthy money habits according to their age, right? Number six, giving, give your money. And I want you to take a look at your monthly expenses to see what percentage of giving you're currently doing. And number seven, keep your eyes on your own paper. Don't fall into the comparison trap or the they have it, now I want it trap, right? And I want to note that this list is not exhaustive. For example, I didn't talk about saving, investing, spending, all great things to do with your money. But I wanted to share the things that have proven to be true and successful in my life and lead to really living a truly joy-filled life. It has given me freedom in my business. It has given me freedom in my life. And I don't see many people talking about this in the entrepreneurship space. And so I thought it was really important to bring that here because I know so much of my audience are entrepreneurs. And so I really, really, really hope that you take the content of this podcast to heart. I love it when I hear from you all and you say, I'm going to listen to that podcast episode over and over and over and over again. I've heard that a lot, particularly about the episode on um, fear, doubt, and procrastination. So if you need to play this over again and then again and again, you do that, my friend. Um, I'm like that too with certain podcast episodes and the podcasts that I listen to because it's sometimes, you know, hearing a message once, it doesn't always sink in and seep in and stick to your bones. And I want these seven things to stick to your bones because chances are there are not many other entrepreneurs out there talking about this. And it's so important because it's so heavily tied to your success as a business owner. And so I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. And if it resonates and speaks to you, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And you can always find me in our Business Life Enjoy community on Facebook. If you have enjoyed the Business Life Enjoy podcast, I would love if you would please take a moment to leave us a review in iTunes. All you have to do is search for the podcast under my name or Business Life Enjoy, tap on the review button and leave a review. It not only helps to spread this podcast to others, but it lets me know that you're listening and enjoying the fruits of my labor. So thank you so much for taking a moment now to leave a review. I look forward to reading each and every single one. I hope that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast every single Monday waiting just for you. Until then, my friends, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now.